Hey everyone, uh, it's DDJ and the hot one, uh, Giovanni Tuhati here uh, with a very special message uh, for all of our shooters out there. Um, as many of you know on the show, you know, the two of us along with the premier Joey K like to have fun and, you know, at, at each other's expense, you know, and we try to make the show as fun as can be. Uh, take it from there, Jovan. Yeah, you guys, and I mean, y'all know the running joke right now has been that Joey K, the premiere, has been, you know, stuck on a toilet somewhere taking a shit or, you know, he hasn't been here because he's trying to take that shit, you know, shit stains in the pants. But in all actuality, guys, Joey K is going through some shit, which is the reason he hasn't been able to be with us lately. Yeah, and we kind of want to peel back the curtain a little bit, and this was actually at, before we do anything, uh, we want to let you know that this was at Joey K's request, you know, we are, we kept this to ourselves, you know, out of respect, but he wants to be up front with everybody, and, you know, when he, at, out of respect to him, uh, we actually uh, have a message to uh, deliver to all of our listeners out there, and this is from... Uh, this isn't from the premiere, Joey K. This is from the from the man that's behind the premiere. Uh, that's our 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 friend, uh, Joe Coon. Um, so I'm going to start it out here. Uh, first, I want to say thank you to Dennis and Jovan for their su- continued love and support for myself and my family. These two amazing people have become more than just friends to me. They have become brothers, and we have a bond that will never be broken. On this show, we all exaggerate a bit. We all portray characters for the fun and entertainment value. This is not one of those moments. I'm speaking to you as Joe, the person that my brothers here know and love. If there is one thing I can say about our show, it is that we can be brutally honest. We love entertaining and we love to pop each other with great laughs, but we hold our integrity knowing that the words we speak come from our honest opinions. With this honesty comes a bit of transparency. There have been times where we are able to pull back the curtain and give you a look into our lives. This is certainly one of those moments for me. In the vein of honesty and transparency, I consider everyone who listens to our show a friend. So I do feel the need to share a little in regards to my absence from the show. I have been dealing with a lot of transition in my personal life. It has been a very challenging and difficult time for myself and my family. I kept a lot of I kept a lot under wraps because the nature of our show is to have fun and to and entertain and my personal struggles do not fit that narrative. Over the past few months I have been navigating a lot of life changes and in recent weeks I have had a diff- difficult personal struggle that has affected me and my mental health. I've had to remove myself from certain things that I love like the show to try and get myself to a better mindset to be able to have fun and entertain. But I have struggled greatly. And not just me, but my family and my children. I have had to turn my focus solely to them to navigate a very challenging time. I'm sharing this not because I need to, but because I want to be open and honest. I also know that I have the support of my brothers, and they have done an amazing job with the shooting shit as a two-man team. My heart has been broken for Dennis in the recent loss of his mother, and I'm so thankful. Even in this time, he has reached out to me almost daily to make sure that I know he's there for me. Javon has his own personal life and struggles to deal with, and he has also reached out to me almost daily to remind me that I have his love and support as well. This is not a goodbye. I have no intention of leaving the show nor other projects we have in the pipeline. I just need some time away to navigate life and take care of what is most important to me. 
Behind the scenes, we always tell each other family first. All three of us are fathers, and we all work hard every day to be the best we can be for our children. This is just a pause to focus on my children and my own struggle. I look forward to the future of shooting shit and a return to entertaining, laughing, and joking with the fans we all truly love. Portraying the antagonist of the premiere has been so much fun to me. Whether you love or hate the character, I do enjoy every second of it. I will return soon, but until then, please continue to support the podcast. We all put a lot of heart and soul into making entertaining content. And please know that I love and appreciate every single one of you listening now. So, yeah, guys. So, like you said, we like to have fun here and stuff. But, you know, we all have lives once this show ends and stuff. And just, uh, I mean, Joey Case is going through a rough patch. So, if you uh, happen to be friends with him on Facebook or follow him on Twitter, send him just a message just letting him know that you care because he could really use our help right now. Yeah. Um, and that's so, Joanne, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, man, just, um, you know, send our brother some love. He's going through it right now. We all do. We're all people outside of this. You know, everybody has their cafe personality, you know, for us behind the curtain. It's who we actually are in our everyday lives. I'd like to think that DDJ, the premiere and the hot one, are our actual selves and our kayfabe people is our real life personalities. But, you know, it, it takes a lot to say, hey going through some things right now and for the betterment of myself i need to get some time so for that man you know we we love joey k we're here with him the whole way his seat's gonna be here nothing's gonna change but the moment he's ready to step back be worried because he's had the, he's he's been pent up so as soon as he comes out it's gonna be hot fire from the premiere and yeah and as much as sometimes as the premiere can Get you know, ramble on and on and on and on. Thus, you know, bringing on the SpongeBob time cards and stuff. Uh, we, we, his seat is waiting for him, and we love you, Joey. We love you, Joe. And uh, take your time, we'll be here whenever you're ready. Hell yeah! All right, hey guys, thanks again for uh, just giving us the, allowing us this time to kind of explain to you what's going on. Um, we uh, the, like they always say, the show must go on. All right, guys, we'll see ya. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm alone in the asylum today. Today is the first time that DDJ is going to be out due to the knee injury and Joey K is still on his sabbatical somewhere, hopefully shitting on the nicest thrones in all of Philadelphia. And, you know... They left the crazy one to run the show for four weeks. So, ladies and gentlemen, strap in, strap on. This is the shooting shit crossfire show. And wait till you see who I brought on with us. Shooting shit 26 starts now. I just like it. I just gotta have a reason to play the beep every once in a while. So, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I start piling on the investment money.
Ladies and gentlemen, as I started off stating, this is a special crossover episode. I am joined today by my brother, my fellow AEW lover. This would be hard to do this show without him because he really is elite. With that, I'm bringing in the bearded genius himself from the All You Elite podcast, show, website, Facebook, everything. Gary, let everybody know who you are, brother. All right, everyone. Yes, as Chauvin mentioned, uh, my name is Gary, and I run the Facebook page, um, AWRU Elite. Um, definitely check it out there, gang. Uh, some good stuff. Um, up to date, AEW news. There was some good news that came out of there today with AEW. Um, I do specials. Uh, Chauvin is actually going to be a part of one. It's called Get to Know the Elite. Basically, it's an interview, me asking you a series of questions. Tell, like, just elaborate what made you an AEW fan. Um, I figured this would be a cool thing to announce on Jovin's podcast because um, as um, I am a part of the Buckle Bomb Entertainment crew, um, so definitely come join us July 2nd, which is a Saturday. I know that's a long ways from now, but we will actually be interviewing all Eagle Ethan Page. Um, so that was a very cool interview that I've been dying to get for three months and he worked with it and we're excited for that, but yeah, definitely check out AEW RU Elite. It's getting a lot of reactions, and the volume is really staying steady. So I really appreciate everyone that has been showing the support. All right, shooters in the shooter gallery. We'll have all the information to be able to find the AEW RU Elite page so you can listen to what Gary, the bearded genius, talks about. Join in the website, on the Facebook page. Let your opinions know, man. They have good stuff going on there. Kind of like what we're going to touch on today. I want to start with something that I was actually at. Let's get down to the revolution, AEW revolution. What were your thoughts? I would like to see a company, not saying one company in specific. I would like to see other companies really take note of this pay-per-view. This was a phenomenal pay-per-view. I mean, probably, probably it's going to be the pay-per-view of the first quarter. I mean... Like, everything delivered, the storytelling was just steady. Everything was just complete fire, man. Like, it was just one story development after another. And the storytelling with some matches were just so damn good. Um, I can't wait to dive into the show. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's one of those that, from top to bottom, AEW delivered a love letter to pro wrestling. Because there was something in there for everybody. You had your technical prowess with Danielson and, you know, Moxley going at it the way they did. You had your spots, you know, people who like the high-flying spot fest, who like just the big move after move after move. That trios match would blow your mind and just, it was so much that they couldn't even keep up with it on camera. That that was amazingly great. Then storytelling, that punk MJF match, it really took storytelling to the whole nother level. Um you know, and it, it kind of foreshadowed when Punk told uh, MJF, you know, will you be my Valentine? And it, it's just from there the match took off. So let's get into it. First match, what were your thoughts? Um, so if you want to just go top to bottom, of course, the first match, which was Chris and Layla Hirsch. Um, my opinion at first why are they doing this to Chris Statlander? But it makes perfect sense now. Um, with Layla Hirsch winning, I think that's a much-needed win for her. Obviously, she's in a position of possibly going up against Britt Baker for the women's title. 
I know. A little bit of a spoiler if nobody hasn't seen Revolution yet. Um, but, you know, technically this is making me believe they have something big for Chris. I think she could possibly win the Owen Hart uh, Cup. Like, that would be a great thing to do. She needs to get one accomplishment on her resume in AEW. Um, but I really thought for sure, because like what Sarah said on Buckle Bomb Entertainment when we did our predictions, we really thought it was going to be a political decision. You know, the whole thing with Russia, we thought the U.S. would win, but no. Um, Layla Hirsch is really uh, a spitfire, and I think it's good for her to win. This is a big win for her, so peace to start to the show for sure. I'll double down with that. It was one of those, um, everybody thought the fan favorite in Statlander was going to go over, right? But I think they've invested so much time into that Layla Hirsch heel turn that it had to pay off for her, and it actually did with that win, as you were stating. Now, peek into the future, do I see her going past Thunder Rosa? Not necessarily. I feel like, you know, the next two weeks are kind of booked. Uh, Thunder Rosa getting it this week and then next week in her hometown of San Antonio. Who knows? You know, maybe she gets it done because, I mean, spoiler, we haven't got to the match yet, but her and Britt Baker, let's go into it now. What a match, but DMD retains there. Does she? Did she retain to drop it in San Antonio or where do you see this going? This is a great question, man. I think it's a couple things, really. Uh, number one, you know, going into the match, it was stated. Um, I don't remember who reported it, but, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa apparently has a hamstring. Um, so you could tell throughout the match, it was not 100%. Um, I would have to say because of that, you know, it, it just, I, I said this in predictions as well. If for sure, you know, Rosa was going to lose, like you said, Joven. They're going to be in her hometown next week. Tony Khan really believes in getting the hometown heroes a moment of glory. So with that said, I really think for sure Thunder Rose is going to win. Hands down, she's got to win. Um, but Baker, even if she does lose next week, I would have to say this is probably the second title reign that uh, – Calculated pretty close to Sheeta's record, so that's that's good for her. Um, and I guess one little last thing I will say about this: awesome, awesome, awesome title. I mean, damn, that thing is a sure of beauty. Like that thing is a sweet looking title. Oh, I love the new title. It kind of gives me uh, Lucha Underground vibes with the Gift of the Gods look. I I was over the moon with it, man. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like you're saying, the women's title to me. Having this second person who's really held it for a long time, because she, I think, had the longest run. And now you have DMD who caught it. You know, I, I've always said this, that um, Britt Baker kind of had like the Stone Cold Steve Austin effect. She caught lightning in a bottle. She's super hot and just got over fast with the fans over a catchphrase that they love, DMD. And to have her hold the belt as long as she has... I mean, it just brings the prestige of that belt up. So the next, you know, person to hold the belt, it could be, you know, your Thunder Rosa, somebody who's been building up the division, who we've known has been helping the girls in the back, along with Dustin Rhodes, really hone their crafts and really get their stuff together, which we've seen week after week as they've improved. So 
maybe it's time to kind of give her a little bit of the rub for everything she's done. Hometown rub on that. Hopefully, you know, the two weeks gives her some time to really heal up and uh, give us that big show with Britt Baker. We know she's able to put on. Yeah, dude, I agree. And uh, and I just thought of this today as well. Um, as you know, Joven, I pay attention frequently with AEW. Um, I remember Tony Khan interview that he had actually back in December. He said, literally, he kind of played spoiler with this back in December where he wants to have Brit and Thunder Rosa in one epic match. And what I'm thinking is, with all the distractions that was surrounding Thunder Rosa, there was a first ever women's main event last year at the St. Patrick's Day Slam. And that was the first ever uh, lights out match for a woman for the company. And they're going to do a first ever here. And I can guarantee it. Live next Wednesday on Dynamite, San Antonio, Baker, Rosa, main event. Again, however, this time in a steel cage. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I like that a lot. The women of AEW, you know, producing a lot of firsts for them there. And, you know, women wrestling as a whole, you know, we're having an upswing of our independent circuits and our independent women and then just women in general who are taking it to the next level. So that's great to see that, you know, they're getting the confidence now to do it on the mainstream, you know, AEW, one of the premier kind of shows, whether you want to admit it or not, you know, they're up there and they're in the big leagues. So, it's good to kind of see the women getting this opportunity to show what they can do. And like you said, that lights out match wasn't just, you know, women's match of the year. That damn thing was a match of the year candidates. So I know these two have it in them to put on a classic, but switching gears here to talk about classics, the triple threat match for the tag team titles, Jurassic express, Red Dragon, and the Bucks. What were your feelings going into the match, and how did you like the finish? I think the feelings going to the match, like, if I'm going to be totally honest, I was a little unsure, um, just because I felt like it was just too soon for Red Dragon to be in that position. Um, the Young Bucks, it, I think it was a gimme that, you know, that they would have had a definitely a pay-per-view match regardless. Uh with Jurassic Express, though, dude, you saw it live, and I'm sure it was sweeter live when we saw Jungle Boy on the top rope, like literally bouncing off of I don't remember who it was on Red Dragon, and then he does, I want to say it was the Canadian Destroyer on one of the bucks. Dude, how the hell does he do that? That, that was cool, man. Um, that spot and then that shooting star press was yeah. unbelievably yes. beautiful. Yes. That was beautiful, man. Um, say what you want about Jurassic Express. Um, they, they are definitely a credible tag team. Um, I predicted actually Red Dragon to win, but I think it's because, you know, Jurassic Express, the reason why they won the titles is because of the unfortunate injury from Ray Phoenix. Um, but you know what? Again, this is why I trust the process with DK, man. He... He made Jurassic Express retain. Give them a little bit more. Sorry, dude. I have to. Good. Okay. I had a call coming. Yeah, no worries, brother. (laughs) The funny thing is, you know, it's a shooting shit original issue that we always have somebody that has a glitch out or some kind of issue happen. Oh, man. So, a little bit of technical difficulties. Let me come right back. 
So shooting shit fell words. You guys know this always happens every time. We always have something that goes a little bit awry, but Gary was right on the point with the Jurassic Express match. I mean, yeah, I was on the same camp of not really understanding where this tag team came from and to the rankings, how they got the title shot. Um, yeah, they've got the titles off of, you know, Ray and Phoenix, who Ray hopefully should be healed soon and back into action. And uh, Pentagon, of course, is doing his thing as Pento Oscuro, which we'll get into in a moment. But I think the overall feeling of that match was just something that it was unbelievable. We saw three top tier teams with the clear baby face team taking the win. And to Gary's point there, I also went with Red Dragon and Predictions Leagues because I kind of felt them being the ones who could take the titles and have the Bucks chase them and it leads to the whole elite versus whatever the undisputed era in AEW is going to become. But I think it's coming. We've got storylines coming. There's a little seeds planted between both teams. But um, at the end of the day, I think it was the right decision to keep the belts on Jurassic Express until we get a tag team who's not in a long-term story and it's long-term storyline to hold the belts. As of right now, Joven, prediction, spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it. I see Mox and Danielson taking those titles double or nothing i love that i would love that especially with spoiler later on in the evening man that uh william ringle coming down there kind of getting these two gentlemen together after their match and that that match let's let's get into that match mox and danielson technical wrestler meets brawler normally we see this play out a little differently with the brawler really just overwhelming the technical guy but this darker Danielson, man, I'm I'm all for him. But what did you think of that match? One of my favorite matches of the night. Um, if you like, like you said, Jobin, if you like technical wrestling, if you like ground for pound, fist hitting, just kicking ass and chewing bubblegum type of wrestling, um, as somebody once said, that, that is uh, definitely your match to see for sure. Um, you know, and obviously, hands down, the best moment. I really like the fact those two were literally kicking the shit out of each other still. Security is coming in and everything else. I'm thinking, okay, the feud's going to continue. No, as Jovan said, we saw William Regal. Um, I'm a numbers guy for my AEW page because, you know, I love ratings because it sees the success of AEW going forward. Within, I think, two hours of when that was posted on the Facebook page, AW had 17,500 reactions and uh, I think like 2,800 shares in two hours alone. Um, so it just shows right there, AEW getting Regal is, I think that's what everybody wanted from the very beginning when he yeah. got released from WWE. I mean, I know I did, dude. And uh, it uh, should be very interesting what happens uh, with them going forward, but yeah, Danielson and Mox, again, good storytelling, top to bottom. And then the weird thing here for me about William Regal is I could have sworn there were reports leaking that he had put pen to paper with Impact. But to see him show up in AEW and kind of play that, hey, cut it out, you two, get your shit together, stop it, match is over, let it go, shake hands, let's go. That was amazing. And he's officially listed on the roster page. He's officially a member. They did the All Elite graphics, so... He's here to stay, and, you know, I'm like all the other AEW fans out there. I want to see where this goes. You know, William Regal has always been that, you know, 
just tough son of a bitch. And to put him with these two who are going to be killers in the tag team divisions, I, I think, like you said, future champs definitely is something in their, in the future. Yeah. I mean, dude, John does need a title. So does Danielson. That's so. true. Let's, let's uh, shift gears from one killer to the other, man. And this is somebody who for the life of me up until seeing him live, I didn't get the hype. Let, let's talk about Hook. All right. Hook and QT Marshall's match wasn't necessarily the beautifulest, most greatest thing, but the thing that I took away from it was the reaction. I guess being there live, seeing how over this damn kid is with the fan base, and it wasn't just a small section of the fans. It was the entire damn arena going nuts for this kid. And I think I'm bought in. I think I'm finally with the hook, uh, the hook hype, man. What, what, you, what do you feel on this one? So I'm kind of on the fence, too, because I think Hook is just Hook. And then you see him, and I, it makes perfect sense, Chauvin, why he's over with the crowd. I think it's because he's he's just him. You know, he doesn't need to showboat. He doesn't have, a, have to have a gimmick. He doesn't have to have this on him. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just the reason why everybody's on the hype train uh, with him. And... The match itself, again, storytelling again. You got teacher versus student. Obviously, QT Marshall is the one that trained QT Marshall along with his father, Taz. So I think it made perfect sense why they would do this. And this, I, I finally give AEW the nod with the booking with a hook because this wasn't just a quick three, four-minute match that we're used to seeing. This match went almost 10 minutes. Um, so... I think this is a this is good. I think Hook needs to break away from Team Taz eventually, and I'm gonna dive more into that in just a moment because obviously we're gonna discuss the ladder match. Um, but right. good for Hook, and knowing me, I'm probably gonna see him in Boston, which very excited for that. Can't wait to finally go. Hell yeah, man! I know AEW in Boston. People are people. I know. I know a lot of Bostonians that are up there waiting for this. So hopefully you guys get a great show. Every stop that I've been to with AEW has been top tier. So hopefully you guys get great shows up there too. Um, Hook reminds me of a UFC fighter back in the day. Um, he, he's changed his name recently or his nickname. But back in the day, they used to call him the baby-faced assassin, Josh Barnett, who was now, of course, the war. I can't remember what it is. It's like the war master. But Barnett was the babyface assassin because he was clean cut, but he was knocking folks out. And that's the same kind of thing you get with Hook. He looks like this kid, but he's going in there, no nonsense, getting in, getting out. Little play to the crowd, little fanfare. He's just about business. And I think, you know, that's something that uh, a lot of crowd is over with. You know, you don't don't pay attention to the crowd. They'll love you. Who would have figured? But Hook's got something. We'll see where he keeps taking it. Now, the last pre-show or buy-in show, which this show, the, the match to me could have been on the main show. You've got House of Black going against Penta, Eric Redbeard, and Pack. What a match. These, these guys, and I think this feud between what would have been Death Triangle and, you know, the House of Black is amazing. And I think they have a little bit bones here to keep it going a little longer 
so Ray Phoenix can join into the fun. But um, what are your feelings here just on House of Black and the match in general? House of Black, to me, shows why they need to get these trios titles. I mean, they, they would be really slated as perhaps the inaugural um, trio champions in AEW. So, I mean, that's not taking away from, you know, the uh, Death Triangle. But, man, one of the things that I absolutely loved is we see Eric Redbeard in the same ring as Brody King. Like, big man versus big man, that was a dream come true for most people, perhaps. You have Pac reliving his NXT days with Malachi Black. Good storytelling there. Um, And then we see, I'm sorry, um, Penta still going out there and in with Buddy Matthews, just just endless proportion of excitement. I mean, how can you not enjoy that? Like, damn, if you like the high-flying, cool. If you like the muscle, cool. You had all different flavors into this match. And it it was gold, man. It, it was absolute gold. Um, I kind of figured, though, the House of Black would not lose, not on Buddy Matthews' debut. Right. Um, so... Good, good damn match. I totally agree. It should have been on the card. Um, but I was telling this to Sean Bowley. Dude, everything, every match on that card was the main card. Like, just, I didn't believe any of those matches to be on a buy-in. It was that yeah. damn good. That, that's, that, that's the thing with AEW. And, uh, and I know our fans here at the Shooting Shit Show, we, we've stressed that a lot. That AEW only puts on maybe four pay-per-views a year. And then a handful of specialized weekly shows, such as your Bash at the Beaches, Battle of the Belts. But every time they do a big show, it's something to behold. It's You have to watch it because they're not just throwing in filler matches. You're not going to get a match that makes no sense on the card or a match that you could say, okay, this is probably where you need to go get your snacks match. No, Top to bottom, the card is something that you know you want to see. You want to see the finish of the stories. You want to see what new stories come out of the you know show. And the biggest way to do that is to make sure that you're gearing these matches to be something that people want to see. And nothing did that more than the match that started the revolution. That ladder match, let's go ahead and dive on into it. The face of the revolution, the person who's air tagged to be the next big thing in AEW, had Wardlow, Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks, all who, I want to say all of them have a very bright future within AEW, with the minor exception of Christian Cage. I don't know how much longer he has to go, but all the other guys are up and coming, greatness, Keith Lee hopefully gets his due justice here that he didn't get in his former employment. But let's hit on it, man. The War Dog came out and did his thing. What'd you what'd you think on that one? It put me in tears, dude. And he has not won a championship yet. Um that that's why I love AEW because it listens to me as a fan. They know what I want. And what I wanted was War though to get an achievement. Um and it, it just, it was so sweet, man. Um, but if we want to talk about the other men in the ring, let's talk about Orange Cassidy really quick. Orange Cassidy, I'm hoping he heals really quick. He did suffer an injury on a shoulder. Could have fooled me, dude, because he did skidding the cat on a damn ladder. <laughs> yep. Like, 
that is a lot of upper strength, man. That that was cool. That was very cool. Um, and also, we had a treat. We had Dan Housen curse Ricky Starks. So it looks like we might see finally Dan Housen in a match very soon. Because he had his ring gear on, too, which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. We got that. Anybody that loves Dan Housen like I do. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee being in the same ring. This is what I was talking about moments ago. Team Cassie's a split. Hobbs and Keith Lee. Wow. I mean, it reminds me easily of Harlem Heat back in the day. Yeah. In uh, mid-90s with WCW. Um, that would be cool to see. Um, Christian, yeah, I think he was just there because of the experience in the ladder match. Um, I, You know, Christian just wanted to. Maybe this will be his last ladder match in AEW. Um could be wrong though who knows but good good match here um obviously i loved it because again i got tears when wardlow won i've been supporting him since that vignette at double or nothing 2019 um give some respect for the war dog and obviously we're gonna dive into my biggest reaction with a match that joven was lucky to see <laughs> and i'm sure you know which match i'm talking about let, let's so. jump into that real quick then. Let's head straight on into it. Get your flea collars. Get your dog collars. We're going MJF, CM Punk. Straight into the dog collar match. First of all, if you are a wrestling fan like I am, if you've listened to our show, which I know you have, everybody out there, for the 26th time you're listening to us today, you know our resident ROH, Mark Joey K, is not here, has not been here for a few weeks. But... Thank him, because Joey K told everybody to watch the Summer of Punk that happened in ROH. If you did, when CM Punk's entrance came out, you got to be part of something very special. The few people who actually knew what music was playing and got pumped out before Punk even came out. Gary, take us through the match. Tell us what your highs and lows were. How'd you feel about it? Let's talk about the lows. Uh, the lows to me... The match early on, a little slow paced. I'm like, mm, come on now, let's see if they can pick it up. That's the only low I can think of the match. The highs, easily the music. Easily the music. Um, let me just first, before I uh, talk about the coolest thing in the world, um, we saw the MJF doing the heel tactic. I'm sure people were shitting on MJF for that. Um, so that was cool. Very classic move. And then, of course, an amazing thing happened, and that is the AFI theme song that Punk used in ROH. His ring gear, just like ROH, beautiful stuff here. Um, the moments of the batch that I enjoyed, again, the storytelling that MJF has in a match when he wrestles, it's so fucking good. Um, you know, you can tell that he really hated Punk. Punk really hated him. Call it bad blood, whatever you may call it. A lot of blood here, which you would hope for. Um, and of course, my favorite moment. I, I loved it. It wasn't just attacking MJF. It was giving, not necessarily Punk the ring, but we see Wardlow coming out, placing the ring right on the canvas. Off he went. What a pop for Wardlow. That's a, that is exactly how you're supposed to start his big baby face run. Um, so... Again, Joven, the storytelling with this batch was just phenomenal. Really, really good. 
Um, we already know what's going to happen with MJF going forward. He's going to battle with uh, Wardlow. What does this mean with CM Punk? I'm going to talk about that in one second. Um, people that I have gotten with inbox messages from, they want to know what's going to be happening now with MJF now that he doesn't have Wardlow by his side because we all know that's what MJF needs is that muscle, right? So here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either tonight, maybe next week. We're going to try to get an understanding with MJF saying to Wardlow, why'd you do this? Blah, blah, blah. What happens? We see somebody making his return to be the new muscles for MJF. And then we'll finally have something for him. And that is Brian Cage. And then there you go. You're going to see Brian Cage and Wardlow in a huge match. Not double or nothing, no. I think they're going to save that with MJF and Wardlow. Um, but yeah, I think that's what they're going to do here. So, but anyway, yeah, just just damn good match. My favorite match of the night, hands down, easily. I, I love the, the long-term look and booking after the match, man. I mean, the, the match itself, I think you hit it dead on the on the head. It was 26 minutes long, almost 27 minutes, and it did kind of drag a little bit in some spots when they were working the slower stuff. The crowd kind of seemed to get out of it at a point just because of how long it was. But then War Dog showed up. The whole ring thing happened, and as soon as Wardlow hit the ring, the fans were back into it. The pop happened. Everybody knew the finish was coming. And by the end of the match, the whole crowd was back into it. And I think the only thing that the match suffered from was a little bit of timing. They could have shortened it up a little bit. But I want to encourage our fans out there to go back and watch um, CM Punk versus Raven dog collar match. Because that's the inspired gear that Punk was wearing when he faced MJF in this match. Go back, do a little film study, see if there's any spots you could see from that match into this match, because Punk and MJF love doing callbacks in their matches. See what you can spot. But I want to take it to that next step like you did. Wardlow and MJF, where does this go? I love the Brian Cage idea. I absolutely love it. And I think the dissension comes when Wardlow gets the TNT title. Spoiler, Sammy Guevara, I believe, drops the belt. Wardlow becomes the new champ. And I think when Wardlow does get the belt, MJF is going to demand that he lay down and give him the belt. That's not going to sit right. That's where we see the breakup. That's the perfect point where you can insert Brian Cage to be that muscle, give us some buildup, and then just like you said, double or nothing, MJF and Wardlow for the TNT championship. What a good match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it's got story. So, you know, AEW always does these long payoffs to stories, which is amazing. And uh, long payoffs, man. That that's kind of their thing. They're their trademark. And you could really say that about every card on this match, or every match on this card, excuse me. But the one that sticks out to me the most, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. With the you've never won the big one, you could never win the big one, you're always going to be just that piece of trash that nobody wanted. And Eddie Kingston being as real as he is, I can't tell if he's cutting promos, if he's shooting, or if that's just him. But, God, this match had everything it had feeling it had emotion it had storytelling 
by the end of it, Eddie Kingston's reaction to him winning, which he knew going into the match, this is the finish of the match, but it's still like he couldn't believe it. I, I think he probably believed somewhere down the match there will be an audible, he'll take the loss. And being the business worker he is, I know he would have done it, but to see the genuine shock and on his face and the emotion and the crowd reaction, that crowd was Eddie heavy. Yeah, everybody loves Jericho, but that crowd in Orlando – they were fully behind Kingston, and that, that match was amazing. What were your thoughts on the match? I think this was a great opener. Um, I actually I predicted in the AFW this was going to be the opening match. Um, so I'm very happy for that. Uh, one thing that I did notice with Eddie, though, I think all the adrenaline that came in his veins with everybody behind him more than Jericho, for what I heard on my end, where he did a uh, suplex on the Jericho and then Oh, Jericho's neck. Good gosh. Um, but this is good here. And again, the storyline's even better for a couple things. You know, we saw Eddie Kingston finally getting that big time win. Um, people that can say what they want about Jericho, but ever since he's been in AEW, he's proven time and time again that he's putting over people. Um, so this is probably Eddie Kingston's biggest win to date, perhaps. Um, yeah. So that's always a good thing. Um, Jericho, I don't think this hurts Jericho. I mean, he has a Fozzy tour coming up. But again, this makes me believe one thing that's going to happen on Dynamite. So, as most of us know, we did see Jericho not shake the hand of Kingston. And I think we're going to see a Jericho heel turn tonight on Dynamite. Prediction here, I think we're not going to see Sammy with the inner circle no more. I think he's just going to be his own guy. However, as we know, it looks like Proud and Powerful is joining Jericho. So what happens is something tells me, you know, they're beating down Kingston, whatever it may be. I think it's inevitable now that we're going to about to see Cesaro. Um, you know, because of the whole thing with ROH. Again, like they're really, really pushing a hard for this to really become a big thing. So I, that would be interestingly cool. Not really interesting, but it would be really cool to see Cesaro team up with Eddie Kingston. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to see Kingston getting beat down, beat down and nobody help him, helping him because he's kind of like Moxley, you know, he wants to be solo, but at the same damn time, I think, I just me just sorry about that, Joe. No, and I think I think you're right, man. I 110. percent Sorry, uh, dude. I have to come back in. I can't hear you. So yeah, like Gary was saying there, man, having Kingston go out there and, you know, Jericho's going to do his old State of the Union tonight and kind of give an update on what happened or how he's feeling after the loss. And heel Jericho is best for business. I mean, it's going to be something to where everyone gets to see Jericho at his best. It's always his best when he's at his heel work. And, you know, the surprise twist that Gary brought for me would be proud and powerful following Jericho over Kingston. I think that'll be a, a hell of a killer, you know, a little switch because I kind of felt proud and powerful kind of doing the LAX thing with Kingston again would be awesome. But um, if we get Cesaro out of it, man, I'm all for it. I'm down. Um, 
let's see. Before we jump just to the final two big matches, let's hit on that uh the match that one lady in the crowd really thoroughly enjoyed. The Jade Cargill match with Tay Conti. I don't know if you guys heard her live. But there was a lady in the stands absolutely losing her shit in this match for Tay Conti. She was such a fan. Uh, I do know that the shut the fuck up chant was heard on live, but I don't know if you guys heard her going off. But she elicited a whole section of chant, shut the fuck up. Gary, tell us about the match. Well, we did hear the shut the fuck up. I know I heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it's clear as day that you could hear that. <laughs> the lady was hype, man. Everything. She was standing up. She was just, she was wild. <laughs> Dude, before you know it, we're going to see something like what happened on Raw. Next thing you know, they're going to show a flashing view next. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Cancel culture on Tony Khan, apparently. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that, it, it was cool to see. Um I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I thought I would never say it because I wanted to work up a little bit more. You, I'm not saying you, Jovan, but us, us AEW fans. It's going to take a lot, I know, for people to get behind Jade. But she, for once, this was just a very phenomenal match on her end. I knew going into the match, Ty Conti wasn't going to win. I think they just had to fill a match in for Jade because of the current storyline with our streak um i love the special entrance for jade you know with the guitarist that was cool because i'm a hard rock music lover so i think that was a good touch um the thing obviously that we found interesting and it's still posted all over you know we saw jade kiss ty i think they were doing that to become a little edgy and not only that i think that's gonna be a thing going forward with jade I think it's going to be called the kiss of death or something. Um, you know, that maybe they will mix it up. But another thing that makes me think that won't go forward because that was on a pay-per-view. This is on Time Warner, cable television. In today's world, people are very, very sensitive. I mean that in a good way. But it's just AEW really attracts dar-hard, hardcore fans, so. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Uh, Ty did good for what she did. Um, what does this mean for Ty going forward? I would love to see a hill turn for Amanda J. Um, that would be a good change of pace, you know, get Ty and especially Anna to do something because Anna really deserves a good spot. Um, it, it just, yeah, Jade. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. You know, you can tell she's improving, especially when she's getting trained by Danielson, too. So, yeah, I mean, the reports coming out with her working with Danielson and learning how to do something other than working as a big man, which for her, I mean, yeah, she's big, she's tall, she's muscular, but if she finds out how to work some of these other styles and really utilize everything that she has and not just be that big brute, she's still very, very green. But that's scary, the amount of, you know, maturity that she's already showing in the ring for the the short amount of time that she's been in ring. It kind of lets you feel like, you know, Jade has a very, very bright future once she gets it all together. And, um, yeah, dude, 
Revolution definitely best match that she's put on yet. Um, you know, you're still going to suffer from having some miscues and everything and having somebody like Ty Conti who herself is pretty new to the business, but she's figured it out. She's clean. She's going to help Jade. She's going to keep her through it. I, I thought that it was a great showcase of where the women are and how they're coming along. Um, future booking, like you said, an Anna J full on heel turn. I feel like was something coming along when they were doing the queen slayer thing, they need to double down on that. We need her to be the Jade Slayer. We need something. Maybe she could beat the rate, uh, beat the streak at double or nothing, kind of build into this whole feud for them. Maybe have Ty Conti be the reason she wins it. Something. Give us something good for them because them two definitely work great together, and I, I don't want to see them separated yet. Oh, no. I mean, of course, they're known as TJ, so not right this second. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I agree on that. Um yeah, like I said, I mean, it's not really going to hurt Ty because she's 52 and 7, I think. Yeah. So, she, uh, it's it's hands down, it's going to be pretty good uh, for her going forward. And one last thing, Joven, about this match. Uh, not just this match in general, for the women's division for the night. Three matches. Um, so, a first ever for AEW for having three women matches on a card. So That's true. Serena D, dude, she's doing really good as producer right now. Um, I've been saying this on my AEW page. What is going to happen with the women's division when Kenny gets back? I don't think Kenny should worry about it. Give it full time to Serena D because, damn, it, it's just it's connecting really, really well for me right now. Yeah, no, I, the the less we can put on Kenny Omega, the the best man. It's um, the women division right now is at a whole new stride. We're hitting new levels. There's possibly you know, people out there who are available, we might be able to see and let them grow, let them build. We've seen the women division kind of take a natural growth and I don't want to mess with it right now. You know, Kenny, Kenny's great. Kenny has a great mind for the business, but I'm scared that we would try to come back and force more of the Joshi aspect of the women's division, which we haven't had in a while. And it's not, not something that's necessarily been missing. If, um, you catch my drift. So I think kind of let it go where it's at now. Let it keep developing. Is That's the best thing they can do. Making more case for this trios title, man. Let's talk about old man Sting and how he almost decided death was best for himself at Revolution. I happen to be in the section next to where he did his great jump. And when I tell you I have the perfect recording of him just looking down and jumping, it it, it was amazing. Let, let's talk about this trios match. Uh, I heard that it may not have showed very well on TV due to the camera angles. Being there live, it was definitely hard to keep up with who was where, but I saw all the big spots. What were your thoughts on it? Big spots indeed. You're seeing a 62-year-old man 30 feet up, maybe, maybe a little less. Either way, stink. You're nuts. Uh, cool spot there. Easily the Spanish fly on this, like, just, jeez them. That, that just looked brutal. Very brutal. Um, how did Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy, did not get an injury is beyond me. Um, Darby Allen doing a friggin' coffin drop to win the match that far away. Just, just crazy. Um, yeah, damn near coast-to-coast coast coffin drop, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that too, man. It's just, oh yeah, that's another thing I think Sammy did too, was a coast to coast. And what better way of getting your main event hyped up for like with this match going on before then? Yeah. It just, Sting proves time and time again that he just, he has not missed a beat at all and he's helping talent. You know, he's not stealing the wins or anything like that. Because again, <laughs> Darby. Darby yeah. gets the win for the team. So, And it Good doesn't do match. nothing to lose to that team, dude. To Sting and Darby right now, that's the hottest thing they've got going. So a loss there doesn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. I agree. But um, we, we, we are supposed to see a state of the address here with the Hardy or the Andrade Hardy family office what, what what's going to go on tonight who what, what's happening who's breaking up oh i don't know poor matt until <laughs> you see perhaps chef hardy debut it's debatable um funny thing is i this is gonna sound crazy i don't think they should debut jeff tonight i really don't think they should so you see andrade and them just attack matt hardy matt's gonna figure out what is he gonna do next to get his redemption Make Jeff Hardy debut at another time because, but you know, Tony Khan believes in like wanting to put on a damn good show every single Wednesday to give somebody talk about. So maybe it will happen tonight, but overall, you know, I'm still not buying into a HFO. It's just, they're very stale to me. And that's another team that really needs to split. Just yeah. let it go. I think it's kind of ran its course. The bringing in of Andrade kind of was like the last gasp of hope, and it still hasn't hit there, for me at least. But um, I won't hold you much longer. We'll get your thoughts on this last match here. The mm-hmm. championship match, Adam Cole versus Adam Page. If you were watching the broadcast live, you probably heard the dumb crowd like I was there too. <laughs> Let's go, Adam. Let's go, Adam. Holy Adam. Adam sucks. It was all about Adam. What were your thoughts? I'm going to say this. This is why I love being an AEW fan. We can, we can all can next and rejoice. Some really smart chance, whatever it may be. Um, I remember was watching this with my mother. And I kid you not, Joven, she likes Adam Page. And she was like, why are they rooting for Adam Cole? I'm like, Mom, I don't know who the hell they're chanting for. <laughs> so, um, I don't I think the crowd really cool. knew who the hell they were chanting for. They were just for Adam. And that's just it, because Adam Page <laughs> and Adam Cole are so over. They're chanting for both men, regardless. Um, it, it was really cool to hear. Match itself, it was expected. I really believe that it wasn't time for Adam Cole, because the story right now is Bola Club and the Elite. Um, so... I will say this though, it wasn't my favorite match of the night. It was, it was okay for what it was. Um, there was times where Adam Cole made me feel like it was undisputed era Adam Cole um, for numerous occasions in the match, which I loved. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you feel like Adam Page just really isn't the chosen one because of his title reigns, been a little lackluster. When he gets these matches, he proves time and time again he is damn good. So yeah. he does have a more. and he does have a title match tonight, apparently against Dante Martin. So I don't know the reason behind that. I I don't. I think what they should do is 
Adam Cole cutting a promo, and next thing you know, who's next in line, which it could be... It could be possibly be CM Punk. Um, it could be just anybody but Dante Martin, and that's not really a knock on Dante. It's just... He hasn't deserved it yet. Yeah. Seeing Top Flight take over when his brother got back, uh, when they finally got back to full strength, was amazing. It was a great story for them to go as far as they did in the tag team uh, Casino Royale. But to put him in a title match just kind of just screams, someone's coming out here to whoop Hangman's ass. This is your new challenger is going to come out tonight. And it's not Dante Martin. Um, Bold prediction for me. I think we got teased with it on Sunday, man. I really did, and I hated the tease. I was actually really pissed off at the tease. Oh, I know where this is going. But it has to be Kenny Omega. I feel like the Omega Man is coming back really soon, and he would have, you know, in my opinion, first rights to the title. So we'll see what happens tonight. That tease really pissed me off. (laughs) But... (laughs) Funny thing is, Joven, I don't think it should be. Um, I don't think Kenny Omega should be back as a heel, though. I mm. really think he should be back as a babyface. I really do, because, again, the storyline with the Bullet Club versus the Elite. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't... It's it's weird to know what they're going to do. Um, but right. maybe you can verify this with me, Jovan. I heard it from a report. Kenny was there. Um, he was just circulating around the ring. Uh, not around the ring, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I was, like around the arena, but he... Yeah, and for what I understand, you could definitely tell that he's taking time off because the way he looked. Um, but I just I heard this from a source. It's a guy named Michael Payon, and he's the one that goes to Universal Studios with the dark tapings. Okay. So, and he did say that to me. I don't know how accurate that is, but. Yeah, I believe it. I know I've heard a couple of rumblings that he was out there. Um, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see him sooner rather than later, but I'm going to, I'm going to end up and I'm going to end this with you here and um, give just one last take for you here before I let you plug all your stuff and where everyone can find you one last time. Give me a bold AEW prediction. It can be anything for the next six months. Put me on the spot there, bro. <laughs> I know. Got to end it big, man. I made a statement about this earlier. Um, I, I want to now see Mox and Danielson become new tag champs. Um, I feel that would really attract the eye of some diehard fans. Please get Chris Stylander an accomplishment. Um, yeah, those are the first two that comes to mind, and we shall see what happens with my boy, the War Dog. So, very exciting time to be an AEW fan, that's for damn sure. Hell yeah, brother. We've got plenty of good AEW to watch tonight. Hopefully everybody enjoys it like we are. I'll go ahead and let you drop off. Gary, thank you for joining us for this impromptu crossover of shooting shit and Are You Elite. Let everybody know for one last time where they can follow you, where they can find you, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Give us your info. Yeah, guys. Uh, definitely head over to the Facebook page, AWRU Elite. Um, again, as I mentioned early on before the show began, 
We'll be doing an interview with Bucklebaum Entertainment. I made that exclusive for them um, for us to do the page with all, uh, sorry, the interview with All Eagle, Ethan Page. Um, very excited for that one. And again, tune in for AEW Elite on that Facebook page for the very latest AEW news to specials, um, to, you know, some recaps of Dynamites, just everything that you could possibly ask for. Um, and uh, I'm very thankful, and I figured this was going to be the perfect time to announce a Joven. I've been wanting to do it, and obviously me appreciating the hell out of you for your support. Very happy to announce that I got a contact from 1010XL, 92.5 from Jacksonville, Florida, and it's a sports network, and it's a radio station over there. And I get to interview with them for their radio station, talking about an AEW, and they're going to trim it down to 15 minutes to send over to Tony Khan. Um, that literally put me in tears. Um, I wanted to make sure that it was true, and it is legit. Um, so I'm getting a call from them. I think they said the 23rd. Um, so this is why Hell I love yeah. AEW so much, man. It's It's... Still just thinking about it, Joven. It's just, it's so crazy to me. Um, I can see, man. And, you know, so like Rick Flair said, with the tear in your eye, I see you you trying to get it out there, brother. I mean, all love to you. Guys, if you can't see the passion on the bearded genius Gary Joe himself, guys, come on. Open your eyes. Do us a favor. Look at the show notes. Look at the description. Go follow his Facebook page because, I mean, shoot, this Jacksonville thing could be the start of something big for him. So you want to be there, say that you were there before the big boom of the RU Elite. Make sure you join our, our guest for today, the bearded genius Gary Joe. Thank you once again for being here with us. We'll let you go ahead and call it an evening, brother, and have a good night. You too, man. And guys, click that subscribe subscribe button for shooting shit. So shooting the shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, brother. Take care, Joe. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our crossover with the one and only Gary Joe from RU Elite, the AEW Facebook page. Go ahead and give him a join. Of course, once again, everything will be in the show notes for you guys to find him later on. We're going to wrap up today's episode, episode number 26 of Shooting Shit, with story time with the hot one. On this show, we love saying, IWC, do better. Didn't do it this episode, so I felt like I needed to do it now. It recently broke that fans have been acting as if they were wrestlers, family, calling hotel rooms and airports, trying to get the information on where people are landing, where they are staying, so they can get there for autographs, photos, etc. Don't do that. Don't be garbage people. Don't pretend to be someone's family members to get information on where they're staying, where they're flying out of, what time they'll be where. That's not cool. If you know they're going to a convention, don't hunt down them at that city. IWC, for that reason, this is your one per show. Do better. And a way you can do better is making sure that you just be a normal human being. Story time with the hot one. 
I was in Orlando, Florida this weekend for AEW Revolution. And I went with a few friends of mine. Friday night, we went to a show by the name of, well, they went to a show by the name of Rampage. They walked from the venue to the hotel where we stayed at, which was a 25-30 minute walk for them. And they passed by a large gentleman on his cell phone. They would notice that large gentleman was Brody King. They did not interfere with him since he sounded like he was on a personal phone call. May have been something that was important. They saw him, they nodded, and they continued to walk. They didn't do the fanboy thing. They didn't go get a photo. They didn't demand an autograph. They let this man, who seemed like he was busy, continue his normal life. That's what you're supposed to do. Do better. Fast forward to the next morning. <clears throat> we are hungry. We go get breakfast at a nice little spot away from our hotel. And who is seated directly behind me? Well, none other than former AEW women's champion, Hikaru Shida. And she's there with an older lady who may or may not have been her mother. Now the same guys that I've been with, the guys who saw Brody King, and now myself, are right there, spitting distance from Hikaru Shida, who is trying to enjoy her breakfast. Do we mark out, go over there, take photographs, demand autographs? No. We see her. We freak out amongst ourselves. Holy crap, that's Sheeta. She's right behind us. She's eating breakfast like normal people. We do the decent thing and let her eat. We get up, we leave, and we have a story between all of us that, holy crap, we saw Sheeta. Because that's what you're supposed to do. I think it's easy for us to forget that these people are normal people. Guys, if you see them out there eating with their family, doing something that seems important, don't pester the wrestlers. Please keep in mind they are normal people. And for this, your final warning, IWC, do better. We'll end the show off with this. Make sure you follow the Shooting Shit family on our Facebook, on our Twitter. We may have a TikTok coming soon. Who knows? But Shooting Shit is brought to you by the Johnners Broadcasting Network. And Johnner's also sponsors Buckle Bomb Entertainment, who Gary Joe does a lot with, who was our guest today. So go ahead and give them a like, subscribe, and follow as well. Guys, this was your first week with Two Hotty Solo, the Hot One Solo. Next week, we'll see who I bring in. We're going to have fun until DDJ comes back. We're going to have fun until Joey K comes back. I'm going to leave you with this. This was our All Elite Wrestling Show recap little bit of notes from my time in Orlando. Thank you all for spending this time with us. Follow us next week. We'll be back to our normal format of just shooting the shit on everything wrestling from all over, all different kinds of promotions. So, guys, for the last time, thank you for listening. Episode 26 of Shooting Shit. forget to hit the like and subscribe button follow the show on twitter at s-h-o-o-t-i-n-s-h-t and thanks for listening